Hello and welcome back to the Handstand Cast with me, Emmett Lewis, and my co-host Mikhail Christiansen. How are things going, Mikhail? Um, I am currently caffeinating for the first time of the day, so I guess the general mood is improving from <laughs> not great to acceptable. <laughs> I assume. Um, yeah. Mm. I think I'm already on to my third coffee today. Hmm? Have you spilled the coffee today, or is it? Unspilled. No, I actually I spilled some. What was it? Uh, you know what? Like one of those. Like I didn't have any butter when I was gonna. Um, um, what's it called? Fry my eggs. So I just took that. Like it, like my 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 housemate has this. Like it's kind of a mix of oil and garbage. It's terrible. I usually don't use it. But it's basically like fluid butter kind of thing. So I took yeah. it out of the fridge and just dropped it on the floor and splat everywhere. So that was <laughs> that was kind of miserable, but. Like this village itself was, I mean, it was it was reasonably contained. There was no, there was no uh, Chernobyl uh, effect in it, so I was able to to get it up with one smooth, um, like uh, what's it called, napkin, <laughs> and it was all good. So uh, yeah, surviving. one spill a day keeps the I don't know the handstand fairy away. Or now I spill <laughs> coffee. Take <laughs> <laughs> it out. <laughs> you just spilled coffee. I mean, this is a on his own arm though. that was holding the coffee cup. Yeah, but like it was, it was like to to uh, quote Tyrone from uh, from Snatch. It was a funny angle. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah uh, things. So Infinite Wednesday continues. The world is safe because Mikkel is spilling, and uh, everything is good. So, anyway, I suppose we just get on with the podcast or we can talk about how we're doing the same thing over and over again. Yep. I can't wait till we actually can tell people that, like, Infinite Wednesday has ended and we've actually done something different. I went to a bar and oh, drank 15 Guinness in one sitting. Mm-hmm. That's a record, by the way. Said it myself. Uh, anyway, so the topic of our podcast today is something we get questions about a lot, actually. Uh, we are going to talk about the two-footed footstand. So it's probably one of these things that's quite common for a lot of you out there, the foot standing. But we feel like a lot of people haven't got any sort of formal teaching on this. I feel people kind of, I don't know about you, but I kind of taught myself how to foot stand many years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like I learned it to myself. So, I mean, a lot of people are are self-taught on it. I guess most people are self-taught, but... Then again, it's the question of how how well do you want to to footstand, and yeah. I think that like if if you really want like proper form, and if you want to be like super good at it, and like want to do the like on one and like being able to jump and all those kind of things, I think that like the better kind of formality uh, and the better technique in in, in yeah. principle you have on it, of course. It's going to carry over over the years. Yeah, I remember when I first learned to foot stand, like I started out just holding on to something. That's kind of what I've done. I transitioned from the quadruped foot stand, so just our kind of plank movements. And then, you know, like you do in handstands, I kind of, if you're teaching yourself the, the common, I tried to stand and fell over, tried to stand and fell over, stood a bit longer, then fell over. As that repeated process of like success and failure, I suppose, kind of slowly educated the good form in there, more so than having yeah. a set kind of teaching. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's almost as if the brain and kind of the body structure has an inherent property uh, when it comes to, to learning this kind of balance and that it's, it's an intuitive process that the, the body goes through. And uh, I think also what is very important, most people learn the footstand when they're very young, so they have no, they have no kind of intellectualization of, of the process. It's basically a trying and failing kind of thing that on, yeah. goes on basically all day, every day for a certain period of one's life until kind of the stability is built. And I do think it's it's a very interesting um, <clears throat> or a very important takeaway from that in terms of all learning that uh, it is the kind of continuous, uh, relentless practice of it that eventually leads to the results. But uh, yeah. particularly in this case since it's it's so early and there's been a lot of brain research and kind of body research of course on on the youths that are learning it uh, and since it's particularly since it's such a universal thing like like practically everyone who doesn't have any like significant uh, body or brain conditions that would stop the learning yeah. or hinder the learning of the footstand will eventually like almost automatically start to do it as children yeah, I think there's definitely like, I suppose when you were learning as children and even then, there's this kind of, this concept, I suppose, and it's almost like the federation and the straight stand versus just normal standing. And it's kind of interesting when we start going back to, say, the roots of physical culture and training and stuff like, a lot of it came from army discipline, a lot of it had marching and it's very straight, alert posture. A lot of people think this like standing up straight is now the default posture you have to do your foot stand in. Whereas if we kind of look around the world, you know, there's more, there is variety there. There's not actually one true way of foot standing. But a lot of it comes down to this, like, you must stand up straight and you must, like, not drop your head. Whereas we kind of, like, there's different ways. It's this kind of thing, like, the Federation has imposed this idea that you must stand up completely straight. Whereas we mm. are kind of saying... Well, maybe you might want to slouch. Maybe the footstand could be a relaxing posture. You don't always have to be tense. Mm -hmm. You could be selective in your tension in the footstand. Yeah, like it's it's uh, it's hilarious. I mean, the the amount of postural kind of uh, hysteria that is out there in terms of like you have to be able to stand like this, or else you will basically break your body. Um, seen loads of this like I, I often get them up on kind of my Instagram like you have someone just standing and like in a kind of normal posture and then you have them like the same person then like there's one with kind of a green uh, tick mark and then there's <laughs> one picture with like the, the red cross and in the red cross they're standing like excessively slouched with the upper back or kind yeah. of excessively arching the back or stuff like in, in a position that most people don't do uh, and even if you do do it it's like it's unlikely that the, the like normal degrees of it is more about anatomical variation rather than it being like something that will by default ruin your entire existence. Uh, but then again, it's a, it's a, it's a good sales pitch to tell you that you need to do this, these things exactly this way. And Hey, guess what? I know how to teach you that. Yes. So, you must stand completely straight with your knees locked, stomach sucked in. That's always seems to be one of these ones. It's not mm -hmm. cool to have like, your organs in their correct position. You must pull them up into your ribcage at all times. This kind of forward superhero posturing, I suppose, is one of these things. I think it's kind of interesting, that one, the posture as a communication tool where they, this hero standing got, got popular with that TED Talk a few years ago 
where if you kind of stand in your alpha dominant superhero posture, you become more more alpha dominant and better hormones and all this. But then oh, they yeah, repeated they all the studies. Posing. Yeah, it's they, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. I think. Yeah, and then they repeated all the things, and like in much these kind of psychological literature stuff, it just uh, it doesn't work the second time around. But it mm-hmm. kind of became a method. I remember there was people teaching power posing method and the power posing stand and the hero posing and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, it kind of goes to show like posture as a communication tool, what manifests the posture and the straight stand and stuff is the internal, what's going on inside. That's mm. the kind of manifestation of it. And if you do the outward form of it, it doesn't actually give you the internal thing. So it kind of, you know, this kind of thing can I mimic being happy so I suppose it's almost like if we extrapolate the foot stand that's more advanced kind of variants of like acting and stuff like this yeah. like a lot of what acting and dancing is looking for is trying to make an internal process visible and not an external process infect the inside because that's just kind of a form of uh yeah body I wanking. can imagine that when they were doing this kind of stuff I mean like let's let's say you go into a class when someone's going to teach you power posing and they say that they don't teach you advanced foot standing yeah like they explicitly <laughs> tell you that now we're going to stand confidently and that is going to make you feel like this and like this and so on and so on uh, and asking leading questions and and that kind of stuff of, of course you're going to have some sort of limited effect on it but just like i think it, it's it's part of that sort of almost like toxic positivity thing just like yeah. just stand like this and it's going to help you and then like you try standing like that and well, guess what it didn't didn't actually help because your emotional state might actually be bound up to more fundamental human needs than yeah. how you're actually standing uh, and then it doesn't work and then you're then you feel even more shit because oh shit maybe i'm a bad person because i didn't like the, the great trick that i learned didn't uh, automatically <laughs> activate my happy hormones what was that one? There's a great meme going around at the moment. Or, you know the, what, I don't even know his name. It's not Wojak, but the the guy with the beard, the guy with the epic chin and the beard. And it's like nobody. And she goes, hmm. I don't feel confident. I should go to the gym. And then the next screen is him with loads of jacked muscles. It's like, hmm, that wasn't it. I still feel like shit. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. I think that's one of my favorite ones. So it kind of leads up to the next question, I suppose, is like. How much core strength do you need to have to do the straight stand? This, I suppose, where it comes down to like slouching. People would say, oh, if you're slouching or relaxing in the posture, you don't have enough core strength to do the straight standing. Mm. But uh, maybe, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of one of those things. I feel like you need to work up to probably about a 15-minute plank before you should really be attempting the straight stand. Mm. Yeah, it can be a good good indicative at least then you then you have the ab- ability to to resist gravity kind of when you are you're in a horizontal plane and yeah uh, the degree that that will carry over to when when all the bones are stacked on top of each other is very obvious so uh i do think that it's uh like it, it, it's, it's a good a, baseline it's a good like, benchmark yeah. um uh, if, if if anything so that kind of stuff i mean crunches yeah you gotta do a lot of crunches like, and, like, and I think being hyper aware at all times about exactly how you stand and trying to manipulate that when also when you sit so that you never sit slouched or never sit in any kind of posture that doesn't look like you are an archi- architectural uh, contraption. Yeah, it's definitely one of these things I found like what was quite useful for my straight standing was to cut all the backs of all the, of all the chairs. <laughs> 
That's how it was in ancient times too. I mean, no one would sit down like next to a tree and lean their back or like, yeah. sit on a soft surface. They'd all look for like the exact straight rocks so that they could, they could yeah. like, basically explicitly state their, the straightness of their spine. Yeah, I really feel like this idea of like imposing straightness on nature is just like if we look at curves and spirals, we counter nature, but it doesn't really bode well with me. And I prefer this kind of Victorian imperialism of imposing straight lines onto everything. So mm. for me, like if I think back to the greatest invention of mankind was when we figured out with rocks, we could chisel them into straight lines and then we could copy them with our own standing posture. Mm. It really like it really gives a good contrast to it. That's why in my house I only have straight walls. If anyone like knows about Irish building, like it's very, you know, they're very negligent with right angles. But for me and my straight stand, I need that right angle to align myself with it perfectly. Yeah, there's this other thing that like I've I've seen like again on Instagram, one of these pictures with which uh, with a uh, with a check mark and a red cross is like you you've seen them loads in in yeah. the commercials for uh, for beds. Where it's like you line the bed and your spine is curved, <laughs> you are officially ruined forever. And then you have the one that puts a little pillow underneath your your back, or like an expensive like ten thousand euros bed that keeps your spine magically straight and is going to fix all of your your issues. Yeah, um, the problem with these sort of orthotic things and kind of body straighterizers, we have that inverted one as well. You use for handstand training that puts you in the perfect inversion. Mm-hmm. is it doesn't really train a lot of the muscular control and subtle subtle skills and body control we need for the straight stand because you know we are trying to stand with our prop correct you know stomach sucked in head tall all this kind of stuff whereas if you're relying on the machine to put you in that thing you'll always just have to wear the machine so i find it's yeah. a you know even maybe, on the maybe bed. maybe that's also like an argument for like all those kind of like parents when like I mean in terms of spotting and stuff when yeah. when, when kids are learning like his parents often like you kind of hold them up a bit so they get some more time on like holding their their weight when when the legs aren't strong and smart enough yet to hold yeah. the balance. I mean maybe there should be more research done in like in in terms of the efficacy of 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 spotting. Um, of a baby learning to stand on their feet yeah. uh, in, in relation to like just letting them them try. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like may, maybe also for, maybe that should also be applied for kids that like they should do a lot more plank before they stand up and like that they should have like a conditioning regime of sets and reps yeah, uh, rather than just randomly trying to stand because then you could just like, maybe you could, maybe you could create like a specific protocol then that like, you just have the baby do like okay yeah no 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 don't, no no standing yeah. up by the table go go do your conditioning in the corner yeah it's a pretty good idea i think a lot of what's probably lacking when you're learning the foot stand is your parents don't really have like a formal education they don't understand you have to engage in about 15 minutes of foot prep before mm. you do it you know you have to do your toe raises your calf raises inversions eversions you know all these kind of things before you can do it and obviously like you have to be able to scale these back to your level so you're kind of stuck at this thing it kind of leads nicely into one of our questions 
We have a mm-hmm. question, actually. That we'll, we'll do a few more questions towards the end as well, but this kind of fits in nicely. It is from uh, Little Timmy, and Little Timmy is 11 months old. He says, my parents want me to work up to 10 minutes standing using the wall before learning to walk. Do you think this is excessive? For oh. 10 months old? Yeah, mm-hmm. 11 months old, you know. I feel you should, like, be doing probably about 45 minutes standing using the wall. Like, you are only small at this age, so it should be fine. Yeah. Before before trying the freestanding, free balancing foot stand, you know. Yeah, it's probably less risk of getting injured and falling too. But I mean, yeah. then again, uh, getting injured and like or falling over, like then at least you you learn your falling technique. Since yeah. babies are really good at kind of just like bracing by like putting their ass on the ground since they're so since yeah they're so small. I think it's one of those things. I suppose if you wanted like once you were able to do the ten fifteen minutes, you could probably try free balancing. You know, if you wanted to, you could probably wear two or three nappies to pad it up a little and just make it extra safe. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that, that's a fair fair point. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's definitely one of these things. And, you know, I suppose, yeah, it's always one of these things. It's always a different thing. But, you know, 45 minutes minimum standing using the wall is pretty good for anyone, I think, at this stage. Yeah, I mean, like, because at, at one at one point, I mean, if if you get a job that requires a lot of standing as well, it's very important that your your posture is it's is spot on, and then you might also, I mean, it's also the thing of walking, which is like, in in the regards of the standing versus walking, you kind of need to stand to be able to walk on your hand on your feet. Yeah, like isn't isn't really the the case on the hands to the same degree, but on the feet, it's sort of it's very mandatory to be able to stand. So having some, some standards in principle yeah. just for, for that so that you can, can start um, <clears throat> having, having the ability to walk because you might, might need to do stuff such as go to the shop or yeah. like even just take, like move yourself from point A to point B. It's, it's like, it's relevant. And when you get to point B, you might need to do stuff while you stand up as well. So yeah. Like, uh, you know, how are you going to get it on the swing set at the park? if you can't stand up at it like you have to think about this as well like crawl over to it you know so i think it's good here to set some hard prerequisite standards before doing anything yeah 45 minutes minimum yeah uh yeah kind of leads into the next kind of thing or i suppose we're getting into our questions now uh one you know i'm not going to say who said this because it's a bit embarrassing but how should i breed when standing Mm. you know it's kind of this classic one yeah, I mean, of there's, like there's there's many there's many many thoughts about that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you you could choose to breathe normally uh, and just like let the air flow in and out as as your your nervous system does by itself, or you could also choose to excessively and obsessively focus on how you're breathing because that is likely going to help you significantly to to manage your life by overcomplicating your your breathing pattern. Uh, all the time and not not just by while meditating but like uh, by kind of imagining that uh, you're basically attributing your um, emotional and mental state only to your breathing and then like consistently over focus on it and then uh, like like there's a likelihood that you will feel as if it doesn't help and that you'll just like get frustrated and start searching out for a new type of breathing pattern or jump into cold water and breathing pattern or whatnot. Uh, jump into hot that. fire with breathing patterns, very popular as well right here. Yeah, 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 yeah that, can, that can also work. I mean, but I, I think the most important thing is that like make sure that air comes in 
and that air also leaves. Yeah. And that you and that you keep this to be like a continuous process where it doesn't stop because that can be a sort of a problem and particularly if it stops for like a long period of time like it's going to be really hard to start again. Yeah. So like even impossible to start again at a certain point. So so just make sure above everything else that air comes in and then it exits again and after it exits it comes in again. And yeah. then repeat the pattern. I definitely think like with the straight stand, the full straight military spec stand you have to be careful of not breathing too deep into your abdomen. You don't want the breath to go in deep. You need to keep it nice and shallow in the rib cage. Otherwise, let's face it, your stomach's going to push out, and that's just going to be unattractive in your Instagram photos. Mm. So, yeah, you know, people. keep the air in the rib cage, you know, that kind of yeah, thing yeah, as well. Like it, it, particularly if you're going to take photos, like you need to make sure that like you don't do that and the lighting is good and like all those things so that you, you, you make sure that like, the likelihood of, of like uh, being picked up by Jim Shark is is high. Yeah, it's very important. That actually leads into perfectly into our next one, kind of on aesthetics, and this kind of one is debate. Like, is it okay to stand with closed hips, aka anterior pelvic tilt? Now, I suppose we could equate this to our normal handstand standing, and you know, some people they were standing the arched handstand and we know that the arched handstand was an aesthetic choice back in the day and it appears like the anterior pelvic tilt has become a bit more of an aesthetic choice you see this very on a lot of these sports models on instagram where they choose to stand with this anterior pelvic tilt because they've decided they prefer the aesthetic whereas a lot of them are capable of standing straight so there is a bit of a choice there but then it also does come down to like are you know just like our Pecs and lats can inhibit our shoulder flexion and we can't get into a straight line because of this. Maybe you need to stretch your glutes and your hip flexors and stuff like this to get into it. But, you know, a lot of the time what we're looking for is to be able to choose between like, am I standing with my bush butt pushed out, my bush, my butt pushed out, or am I choosing to stand straight? You know, what's the benefits in these photos? You know, which angle am I being shot from is very important when you choose this, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, certainly like re- relevant questions to ask yourself. Like, like, I mean, and when you start putting this together, like in terms of the the um, yeah the aesthetics you want, the, like how you breathe, like who you want to observe, uh, all of this, yeah, then that, that like all of these parts will be will be relevant in terms of like also to, like I mean, chosen clothing and like what what like basically what what you want to do with it, and that is of course entirely up to you. Um, but in terms of the efficiency of what you're doing, which I mean may or may not be uh, the most important, um, yeah, you, you should you should always just like make sure to to consciously obsess about every little detail, so that it's so you make sure that you're hyper aware. And since in case you make mistakes, everyone is going to notice. And yeah, people will always you, notice you, how you're standing. You're, you're going to feel shame and uh, like like you know it's 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 going to be it's going to be terrible and you're probably going to deserve all the shame and and all of that stuff yeah it's definitely one of these things like you always have to be aware i remember i worked on a show a while ago what the fuck was it it was like a pantomime or kind of i assume background juggling as part of the the car and uh the director was obsessed tnt show me your tnt and what he meant by that tits and teeth you when you're on stage, yeah, yeah. I think it's a thing in pantomime. I think it's just like pantos. I don't know. Does Americans have them? Pantomimes are kind of a Christmas play, with kind of generally fairy tales and stuff like this, and they're 
all singing, all dancing kind of casts, like that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. If you weren't smiling and sticking your chest out on his stage, he would stop what was ever going on on that scene, even if you're in the background and fucking shout at you, TNT. So uh, tits and teeth, guys, remember this. Tits and teeth is very important. That will give you a nice, like, upward posture and always look forwards. Never look down. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. The next question we have, actually, is... Uh, I have trouble straight standing a lot of the time, and I find myself like drifting into a bit of lordosis or kyphosis. These are postural curves of the spine, and I find my spine is not straight enough. Uh, do you think a corset would help me straighten my spine out? Corset. So, mm. Corset. I mean, it depends on. I think that it will likely. Um, <clears throat> I mean, because you, you need to teach your body to do these things, so yeah. you might be better off like learning Nauli, for example, or similar similar things like that, since like it'll develop also belly button magic, uh, which can be used in a lot of other contexts. So I think that that will, on average, be a better solution. Um, what do you think, Emma? Yeah, I think with the corset, it's one of these things that like they can be incredibly useful. One for maintaining the stomach withdrawn posture we're looking for, and also trying to squish the the uh, organs up into the chest, so you get that big chest forward posture and kind of helps your head inflate a bit by the pressure. The problem with the corset, though, is there's two things going on here. One, you need to do more core work. You need to maybe do like twenty, thirty minutes plank to balance out the corset because you won't be doing as much control yourself so there is this but then there's a tendency for a lot of people with corsets to do them a bit too tight and that can give a overemphasized look to the waist which could be desirable this is the thing if it's in your context of where you do your straight standing it could be fine like you know if you're burlesque or you know model or maybe you just want to look better and like your work clothes you could have a corset on you know there and there is kind of difference, like this is the kind of thing, to get a properly fitted one is probably pretty good. But at the same time, wearing a cheap one or one that's not fitted for you is probably not the best in this situation. Kind mm. of a funny story about, like I know it's quite a serious podcast at the moment, so I won't tell it, but remind me to tell the tango class story at some point. I, I'll, I'll remind, I'll keep you, keep yeah. you, I'll hold you to that. Yeah, it's, just, it's also, a bit too serious right now. It reminded me of a thing you know those uh, those posture training things that they're selling these kind of straps you put over your shoulders that's like supposed to pull back your your shoulders and kind yeah. of keep your shoulder blades in good in good posture and kind of retracted sort of yeah uh, where like they probably cost like several hundred euros and like highly marketed and kind of uh, basically sells it to you by telling you that you're already broken and that you you need fixing which is very likely true and that you need to use this um, since like your biology and your like the millions of years of evolution has led to a body structure that it, it has like basically evolution says it has led us to a point where we, we discovered and created this because the body just wasn't capable enough. Um, yeah. And I guess like it also kind of peaks evolution at that point when, when it becomes self-aware enough to create a tool to to sort out its its upper body posture by yeah. a couple of fucking straps for yeah two hundred euros. I think that bow yeah that bow tie is definitely like reach peak evolution. I can even remember an ad like where it's you know there's the girl with the tick and she's got the red X because she's not standing straight, 
and then someone puts the bow tire and cranks it up and then the tick turns green. That was very inspirational for me, actually, to see just how confident this person became when they cranked the strap up really hard. And it just made me think of, like, what other areas of my life could I use a strap in? Anyway, yeah, yeah so, uh, yeah, with the bow tie thing, like, I also, I just think, like, people haven't pushed it hard enough. Like, if we see the benefits this girl got on this Instagram ad that spammed me for quite a long time. But, you know, I feel it's not corrective enough. I feel like it just kind of, it's a passive control thing. Whereas all we need is to mix in an active reminder. So possibly like a loud alarm that goes off whenever you slouch as well. And possibly Mm. a cattle prod or like, you know, some people would say a mild electric shock. I'm thinking we crank the voltage a little because like, let's face it, you don't want to be caught in the background of someone snapping bad posture. So we get the bow tie and like the second you slouch, it lets off a really loud flashing alarm. So then everyone will look at you and not only will you have the control of the device, but you'll also have like societal shame because your alarm went off. Mm. And at Ah. the same time, once everyone's looking at you, you're getting electrocuted to reinforce the shame of people's eyes upon you. Yeah. So that's gonna, yeah. There's also one thing I was thinking about in terms of like, yeah, like circling back to social media and like post, like if if you're thinking kind of like footstand posting and all of those kind of gym bro dudes on steroids that are, like basically, like the they're pretty good uh, at foot standing, I have to say. Some yeah, of the best foot standers foot out there. But they, they they also have kind of con- they have they have very good control over that kind of like lat spread and that like you know that kind of look into the distance with the, with the sharp eyes that make him look very focused and yeah. kind of goal oriented. That that is that is certainly one to to master if you if you want to sort of um, uh, make sure that other people think that you're like highly successful and smart you might also want to, or like there's also this other one which is like the the more the posture of the uh the executive the one that's that like rather wears kind of like an expensive looking suit and also like the looking into the distance thing is very common though like sort of yeah like they have their eyes on the horizon and like they are going up and beyond and above what others uh would do yeah um, you have that kind of chin up sort of posture like that again like you talked about a little bit like the ch- chest forwards but like the focus is not on the muscle this time it's it's on sort of the the sharpness of the look and yeah the, the decisive attitude which is on display by the posturing and the very precise engineering of the of the entire entire photograph yeah and so that's kind of a good example of uh you know? yeah what i was saying earlier when it's like posture is dictated by almost as an internal communication tool Mm. so these people like they're obviously very focused and dedicated and that's what makes their posture so expansive and straight because they're Mm. straight focused on their goal now it's kind of like if we were to take another celebrity i feel who's a bit shit at this is like say bill gates or even steve jobs as well like they're just not as focused on their goal their companies are a bit too big and it's a bit too you know mismanaged so you never really see them in this kind of posture I don't know, they're kind of mediocre, minor celebrities, but there's a good contrast between, like, these, you know, the entrepreneurs who are really hustling hard and really, like, mm-hmm. chief executive CEOs. You know, yeah, guys, they got some courses out there, I think. Yeah, exactly. There's almost, like, in an, a very uh, inverse, or, like, it's proportional. That, it's not inversely proportional. It's proportional, like, how much you, or how good you are at disposing uh, yeah. and your, your direct success. And like you said, like, you have people, like, yeah, 
Steve Jobs who just like walks around being doofus and okay, yeah, it looks like a bit made, hippie, you, really. you made a fucking company, who cares? And then you have like these real, real deal people who, who consequently show how good their companies are. Like through they their posture, they, they, they don't, they don't worry about kind of like being on like, what's it called? <clears throat> like, like having your company being one of their largest in the stock market or anything like that. It's, it's but that's only one like, company. A lot of these people have yeah, like exactly. eight or nine or 10 companies, which yeah, is exactly. much more and successful like, than they, one. They, they, they own like several websites. They rarely kind of, they rarely talk about even what company they own or what they sell. Well, that's because like you know it through their posture. Them. It's like, yeah, I don't yeah, even, exactly. I'm walking so brown. They have mastered the power of posting and sort of the, 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 the way of standing up for yourself and be be glorious no matter what all of the others say yeah. and also like they're they're really good at employing the concept of like other people being jealous and being haters when when they call them out for shit yeah and that's something you can really easily do again if you use this you use the correct kind of posturing you look into into the horizon with a sharp look and and you add something in the caption about other people like they they just wanna wanna pull you down to their level or, or something. Yeah, I think it's kinda like the difference between like the wolf posture, I suppose this could be termed, instead of a hero pose is the wolf. Mm. The lone wolf as well, not like a pack wolf. A lone wolf is very important. Mm. And yeah, uh it, yeah. it's this is this is super true. And the fact that like like they they very often use the actually the Wolf of Wall Street. They use loads of footage and pictures from Wolf of Wall Street. Like a guy that of course got thrown in jail for being a, a total cunt. But that doesn't matter because like that's just because yeah. he got caught. Yeah, just because it got caught. And also, like, there's loads of images from the movie where Leonardo DiCaprio is looking cool and having the big parties and all of that. And we just take that out of context because all of that, like, like being thrown in jail and fraud and all that stuff is, is irrelevant. All you yeah. need to know is that, like, check me out. I'm sharp as fuck. And I know how to post it. So, it's, <laughs> yeah. And, and all of it starts with a foot stand. This yeah. is so, like, kind of circling all the way back. This is what yeah. you need to master. You need to know... Uh, the basics and then slowly but surely you you can start nuance it towards what you want to do with with the foot stand i mean yeah if you want an elite runner or if you want to just be just stand there holding your ground yeah and showing the world how much you're worth yeah so actually leads to the next question nicely is uh our next question comes in to one of our listeners i'm a long-time listener podcast doing great work guys keep it up uh i was wondering you know I haven't got a lot of time. I'm a very busy person. I sit down all day at the desk. But can I learn to foot stand by practicing twice a week? Twice a week? Mm, twice a week. Little. I think, like, I don't know. I suppose if you work, like, if you really max out the plank and, you know, possibly, you know, some other crunches as well, you can get a lot of work done twice a week. You know, then you have to do your foot conditioning as well. There is a lot that goes into this, but... You could probably get some practice done, but like normally you want to segue back and probably, you know, it's that goal of like you want to train as much as possible. And if you only do twice a week, that's all you can do. You've got to make it worthwhile. And, you know, you could possibly start working while holding a plank. You know, that's what I do. I normally am just typing at my desk in a plank most mm. of the day. But uh, I wouldn't suggest that to anyone listening when you're starting out. You have to be a monster like myself and, you know... But, uh, Good point. But yeah. don't you have like a friend who is like a, a posture expert? Yeah, we asked uh, Doctor Beck. He probably was the one was mentioning uh, about mm. uh, the questions. So Doctor Beck is a, a friend of mine who's a posture expert. You know this because he's a self-proclaimed doctor. Well, actually, he's not a. That's very terrible. He's actually a real doctor. 
and he's actually a posture expert. And uh, he had a few things. Uh, he had a question actually for us, or one thing we'd like us to talk about. Uh, do I need orthotics to have a good foot stand? So for those of you who don't know, orthotics are what encase your foot in kind of, they basically like force your foot into an arch to kind of make it arch and kind of, you know, I think I think there's a genuine need for these. Like if, you know, you always have to speak to your chiropodist and your foot doctor and basically go like, do I need one? But I think a lot of people could benefit from this kind of thing of like we want, you know, we're thinking like, Everyone needs their feet, their toes to point forward when standing at all times. Even when turning a corner, your feet need to point forward. I'm not certain how mm-hmm. you turn a corner. Maybe a little jump would help. Just like jump 90 degrees, turn a corner. So your feet always yeah, go the same way. That's actually a good idea. Then you don't need to twist the knees and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. That's the kind of thing. Like twisting, I find, is very unattractive in a straight foot stand. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. it reminds me also like of um, of one thing that's like, I mean, to go into like advanced foot standing, like I'm really not good at this, but I have a little bit of experience and that's with high heels. So yeah. shout out to anyone, like any people that are really good at in high heels. But I was, uh, when I was performing with Seven Fingers uh, many years ago, there was a scene where I was playing the prostitute. Um, like that was literally <laughs> the name of my character. Uh, and Playing like, I was, the prostitute. I, I, was re- I, I was rigging a Chinese pole on stage. Like I was basically pulling a Chinese pole out like, from kind of the backstage from this huge house structure and i was wearing a little night dress and uh, fucking enormous high heels like i think the heel was must have been 15 centimeters and it was a plateau on the on the front of the the shoe that the that's some pretty advanced was, foot standing yeah the, the heel was quite kind of thick though i mean they're, they're they were specifically constructed they weren't like uh, the really skinny heel stiletto ones i mean i would have died if it wasn't those like yeah. I, I don't have the skills but um I remember, like, I had to walk on stage with those, and it was rough. Like, uh, it was a struggle. Because I had to rig the pole, and I had to walk towards the audience while giving them a, a sharp, fancy look. And then I turned to the right and walked off stage. Uh, and uh, it was very interesting. Actually, like, with this scene, uh, and in terms of, of, of walking, I remember, like, the scene was never as funny as it was intended to be when I did it. Uh, yeah. The other guy that used to play the, the show before me, a guy named a guy named Jal, uh, Niall Jamal, uh, he like I think the scene must have been pretty funny with him because he had like he had like huge kind of like almost afro hair, uh, but like I was always kind of expecting people to laugh more than they did, and I remember like I was walking there and like it was kind of difficult for me yeah. to walk in those shoes. I wasn't really good at it. Um, didn't have the kind of the posturing of the feet and so on. Yeah. I was walking off stage and this uh, we had like the 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 rigor of the show was a, was a girl from France named Marie France. Yeah. She was French, named Marie France. Lol. Uh, anyway, she she told me like I like I I walked off stage and she told me one day I know why 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 the scene isn't funny and I was like what do you mean No, you walk too much like a man. She said and I'm like what do you mean No, like you're not good at walking in heels. So her and another girl gave me a workshop on walking in heels. Yeah. Um, and after that, the scene got funny. People started to laugh when I turned around and walked towards the audience. It was quite, it was quite specific. So it's yeah. obviously there that like my 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 leg placement and like the way I mo- I moved was just not comfortable enough. Uh, and like I mean, lo and behold, I was almost dying walking on those. Yeah. Shoes. So um, that was very very interesting. Just again in terms of how you posture. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I suppose with the yeah, with the heels, they're probably a very specific technique. I suppose it's kind of what I'm saying. I'm probably not going to get into it more, but uh, subverting gender expectations is quite topical nowadays as well. And mm. uh, yeah, 
just women are supposed I suppose the normal role would be wearing high heels or seeing as that but then when men wear them oh it's considered feminine but you know I suppose it's like we need to come around and just go anyone can wear high heels like yeah yeah like I've I've kind of gone almost uh I mean not blind to it but I just have so many friends that just wear all kinds of weird things and do all kinds of weird stuff with that so it's it's kind of become almost uh at least in in my little circle, quite norm- normalized to see all those sorts of variations. Like yeah. a couple of friends of mine from the UK who are just like every time I'm seeing them, I'm just like, "What the hell is he wearing?" Like I, I don't care. Looks yeah. awesome, but it's just <laughs> very unconventional, and I can certainly appreciate that. Yeah, but um, I think that's probably. Yeah. I think we covered most of our kind of questions and other stuff. Uh, yeah, so. I suppose the whole point of this uh, podcast is to announce we have a new program on Handstand Factory called Stand. Uh, check it out. If you go over, you see it on our social media, you see it in the show notes. Please uh, check out our program, Stand. It's uh, teaching you everything you need to know to do the two-footed straight foot stand. It's pretty advanced. I'm gonna, not going to lie to you guys. It goes into some very deep concepts. We've got we've been working away. team has been slaving away. It's just like all our other programs. You get a lot of videos. You get a manual. You know, you get me and Mikhail. What more do you need? Like, we're pretty fucking yeah. good to stand on our feet. You know, we can do it for hours sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, like the amount of foot standing we had to do when filming this as well. There was a lot of foot standing. Yeah. <sighs> it's hardcore. Uh, yeah. Cold as well when we did it, so. Yeah, it was quite cold. Hard. Yeah. Quite cold, and we had to stand without our shirts on. Very, mm. Yeah. It's okay for me. I had a good layer of blubber, which couldn't cover these things up, but uh, Mikael was very <laughs> cold. <laughs> so, yeah, to get stand, please check it out on handstandfactory.com slash stand. I think it's the address. If not, it's in the show notes. Uh, other than that, yeah, thanks for checking us out this week, and we'll get back to you next week. Cheers. This is an April Fool's, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the Handstand cast is brought to you by Handstand Factory is produced by Motion Impulse. Thanks for tuning in. You can find a full transcript of each episode along with the show notes and any relevant references on handstandfactory.com slash podcast. Thanks to Isaac for editing and Jordan for transcriptions. Music by Daniel Horwath. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com or consider starting one of our Handstand Factory online programs. Links are in the show notes.